Hello and welcome to Sweet Spot DFS. In this video, I'm going to cover the bucket system for the 2020 Masters. Now, if you're unfamiliar with what the bucket system is, you can see that linked top right hand corner. I'll provide a link, I should say. Um, drill down on that. You'll find a rundown of how I came up with the bucket system and how effective it is for each tournament. I, I do believe you can follow along with this video. I'm gonna to try to make it as descriptive as possible to provide the most leverage or you know to give us an edge against the rest of the you know DFS community. Um, but if you do get lost, I highly recommend watching that video um, just so you get an idea of where the numbers come from and the importance of the buckets. Before we actually get in the video, I do want to showcase something for you guys. So Chad Eckert and myself, Chad Eckert from the Fantasy Golf Pod, we created a free spreadsheet for you guys to use. I'll leave a link in the description. Uh, you can get, you can go straight there. What you're going to get is what's on the screen. So you're gonna get this nice spreadsheet. Um, I am actually in the premier spreadsheet, but the first page has all of the information that we're giving out for free. So we have positive notes, negative notes. You can see residency, college, last three months of strokes gain, T to green, approach, putting, the official world golf ranking, their age. Um, we're gonna fill in the cuts made here uh, eventually. What the odds were on 1031, what the odds are now, so you can kind of see where it's been swinging. Um, but this is the free version. Now there is a pay for version. And if you are, you know, if you have a big enough screen where you can see this, there are three separate tabs underneath or right next to this player information tab. So this is the pay for version once again. Chad has his own tab, which goes over his own information. I have a tab that also goes over my information. This would be the bucket system. So as we go through this, I just realized I need to update it. Um, as we go through this, you will be able to understand how to use this. So you could use my spreadsheet um, to go over the bucket system. And then I also provide my own notes over here. Pretty descriptive. I'm a descriptive person. So, you know, there's, there's a lot of detail in here that I think you guys, as long as you can digest it, will, you know, it'll definitely be beneficial for you guys. And then the holy shit premier package the dream sheet as as chad and i are calling it this has a ton of information on it so we have let me go ahead and just hide this column to to show a little bit more we have tournament information once i get the tee times i'll put them in here and then from the first tee you know all the way back i'll, I'll assign them a number for whatever game they are i have all of this golfer information, so shot shape, home state, home region, college state, college region, age, official world golf ranking as well. So you can get that here. Um, we have course fit information. So we have the grass stats. We have course history. We have last year. So if you are a huge course fit guy, boom, here you go. You have this information at your disposal. We have last week's scoring stats. So all the golfers that did play last week you can get that here. And this is gonna be really good with the last week bucket. So when you combine these two, I think we can get on some really good plays um, from last week. I also have recent form averages. This dates, this goes back the last seven weeks. 
So not the last seven events for each golfer, just the last seven weeks. I believe this goes to, let me see. Back to the Corrales Punta Cana. So I just wanted to get into the other spreadsheet, show you guys that. Uh, so it goes back to the Corrales Punta Cana. And these are all of the average stats for these golfers, as long as they've played an event. Of course, when we scroll down here, we're going to see some blanks. Bern Wiesberger has not been here. Uh, Matt Wallace has not played in seven weeks, I should say. So you're not going to get that information. Uh, and then I have the season-long baseline stats, which, I mean, I get from the source. I don't want to say what the source is because I don't know what they can do, but we're not supposed to be grabbing from the source. Um, either way, they are easily copy and pasteable. So that <laughs> that's where I get my information from. And then... I combined the recent form. Actually, obviously, I do a comparison between recent form and baseline and find out which golfers are doing better, you know, than their baseline heading into this tournament. So, again, this is from the last seven weeks. We're, we're comparing the last seven weeks to the baseline. I think this is where we're going to find a pretty good edge. I'm really excited about this piece of it. Um, anything that's above zero... Um, I should say anything that's highlighted green. The closer we get to green, the better the stats. The closer we get to red, the worse the stats. So you can obviously see Tiger Woods minus 7.93. So he's been playing some pretty awful golf recently. Um, I believe this is just incorporating the Zozo. I'd have to go back uh, and double check. Um, but either way, closer to red, the worse. Closer to green, the better. Um, but yeah, this is all available for you guys. The way to do it is, uh, become a patron on Chad Eckert's Patreon page. I will also leave, leave a link in the description of this video. You can certainly go there. Um, and really, you know, obviously if you become a patron, this is all available to you guys. So a lot of great stuff. I mean, I just think personally the shot shape to go with the course information, um, is, it's it's just it's more than I think any other site provides anywhere else. I've never seen anyone with shot shape. And for me, this is me watching video of golfers and validating their shot shape, making sure I understand what shots they hit. So I, we have a little um, note page in here or a little notes inserted. You know, obviously I have a preferred shot shape for these golfers. But then, of course, if they can shape it the other way, I provide that in there. But I'm going to put the preferred shot shape and then, you know, link if they can shape it both ways. I'll say this. If you do go here, my opinion, if it isn't, if it doesn't show both, you know, like Tiger Woods and Bubba Watson, I'm not as confident with their other shot shape. So their preferred one is the one they hit whenever there's a straight hole. You know, if there's a pin that's tucked that requires a fade and they hit a fade, sure, I know they can hit a fade, but I'm not saying that is the preferred shot shape, just so you guys understand. Okay, now that that's over with, again, go to Chad's Patreon, pay the $5 to become a patron, boom, it's yours. Um, on to the bucket system. So what was that, seven minutes to, to plug that? Not terrible. When it comes to the bucket system, 
I have obviously the two ranges, the two buckets, the last year bucket and the last week bucket. We always look at the top 10. It gives us more numbers. It just provides a more consistent, uh, a more consistent thing to look at. More consistent stats to look at. There we go. I don't, I don't understand where the words were fleeting there, but either way, our number one last year bucket are golfers who finished first to 20. It is, I mean, it's not double, but it's pretty close from the next bucket. You can see on the screen, and I can obviously, I'll say this for my audio listeners. The minimum that we've seen, you know, within the top 10 of each tournament, golfers who finished first to 20 the year before, the minimum is two. So we've seen at least two golfers inside the top 10 of a given year having a last year finishing position of 20 or better. That's how, that is probably the best way to say that. Our next bucket after that would be golfers who did not play. Our minimum is one, our maximum is five. How I look at this and just an easy way for those that really haven't, you know, been with me for a long time to understand what the bucket system is. I like doing min maxes. So when I'm creating lineups, I'm keeping in mind which golfers did not play last year or last week. No, I'm sorry, last year. Um, and looking at when I create my six, you know, my lineup of six golfers, my minimum might always be one. I might always include a golfer who did not play last year. I mean, we'll see how it goes. We'll, we'll look at everything, but that's basically how I look at it. Our, our last year three are golfers who missed the cut last year. So keep this in mind. Last year one were golfers who finished first to 20 last year. That makes sense, right? Because they are, they have really good recent um, course history, basically. Their finish last year should give them the confidence heading into this year. It makes sense to me. I'm a competitive golfer. That's how I feel going in tournaments that I've played well in recently. Now, golfers who did not play the year before, there needs to be a little bit more information to go with that. Do they have course history or was it their first time playing? And we'll dig into that. Um, but then your third bucket, and mind, be mindful, this includes 77 or 76% of all top 10 finishes dating back to 2013 are golfers inside these buckets. So, you know, bucket number three, last year, bucket three golfers who missed the cut, your minimum was zero, unfortunately, and your maximum was four. To me, what I'll end up doing when I look at these numbers is basically, okay, so there's one time zero has happened one time that or two times that one has happened. I'll break this out in percentages and I left them over here on the side. Um, let me scroll down just a little bit. So I left those percentages here. So this is detailing seven years of data, 2019 back to 2013. If there was obviously one out of seven that did not have that bucket, that means 14% of my lineups as I create them will skip last year bucket threes. Does that make sense? If not, please leave a, a question or a comment in the comments. Um, 
likewise the did not plays we see one at least once which means a hundred percent of the time hundred percent of our top 10 or i should say each top 10 over the last seven years has had at least one golfer who did not play the year before now however you think about constructing these lineups obviously you need to understand which golfers are last year twos and determine it from there but yeah last year ones every single year we've seen we've seen at least two last year ones inside the top 10 and really two happened once we've seen three twice and then it's above that you i mean last year if you would have used all last year ones if the salary would have allowed you to you would have had all of your golfers inside the top 10. Let's go ahead and see what that looked like, if, if it was even possible. So we look at the 2019 recent form page. This is where I have all the results. You can see the last year column here and all of the golfers who had top 20 finishes inside the top 10. Yes, three of them were 20th place, but that is included in the top 20. Um, now you can see they're pretty expensive price tags 91 86 82 11 3 7 4 9 7 10 000. so i mean i'm one off okay so here are six golfers that equals fifty three thousand. so we wouldn't have been able to create six golfers you know a lineup of six golfers that were all last year ones to finish inside the top 10. it was just not feasible uh, but if you were to get rid of, say, one of these and find someone who is $7,000, you know, Justin Harding, he just ends up being the optimal lineup regardless. You could have went with five last year ones and then Harding was a last year two. He did not play the year before. So you understand how the bucket system, how it looks like, you know, every year I'm looking at all of the finishing positions you know, Cam Smith would have been a last year two in 2018, as with Tony Finau and Dustin Johnson. Those are golfers who did not play the year before. So now that we're actually on the topic of last year twos, let's first look at who our last year twos are for this tournament. And I will sort by salary. So from the top salary down. Colin Morikawa is our top last year two um and he is a two one now we'll get into the last week bucket soon i just want to highlight the last year twos um and then followed by matthew wolf and scotty scheffler so three rookies who have not yet played at the masters and let me go ahead um let's go ahead and freeze this Uh, and then I'm going to hide this actually. So let's go over to course history. And now you can see which golfers have course history and which golfers do not. So Colin Morikawa, our best last year two, or our most expensive last year two, no course history. We don't get course history until we come down to Lee Westwood, who has fantastic course history. So if I'm telling you, if we go back to the bucket uh, system, we want at least one golfer inside or that is a last year two to be in our lineups primarily because we want all of our golfers inside the top 10 so why not select a bucket that might be easy to you know to start from so 
Colin Morikawa, 9,500. That's pretty expensive. And if we go back to what all the other last year twos were, Brooks Kepka was expensive, but he had course history. Going back to 2018, Cam Smith, not expensive. He had course history. Tony Finau finished inside the top 10. It was his first Masters. But he was $7,400, which is obviously not expensive. Um, 2017, we had Thomas Peters, no course history, fourth place. Now, I'll say this. Thomas Peters at this time was one of my favorite golfers. I know he's a lot of people's favorite golfers, but more they're probably they favorite him for other reasons than what I do. Yes, he's a bomber. People like that he's a bomber. Yes, he has a hot temper. A lot of people like him because he wears his emotions on his sleeves. I like him because he hits every shot shape possible. You want a low cut, he can hit a low cut. High draw, he hits a high draw. This course, I wouldn't say, I mean, this, this course fits Thomas Peters. The way that you need to work shots in, that works. So him being up here makes sense to me. You know, um, I, like I said, I really liked him. The next last year too was Kevin Chappell, who did have course history. So let's go to 2016, looking for our next last year twos. Um, Fitzpatrick, Keltson, and Berger were all last year twos. Now, Berger did not have course history coming into this. The other two did. And Berger played the week before, finished top 20. The other two did not. Uh, right here. So these guys would be last year twos and last week ones. And I know we haven't talked about last week, but still, when we go over it, we're seeing a lot of cheap last year twos on top of the leaderboard. Paul Casey would have been a last year two. Charlie Hoffman would have been a last year two. Um, going back to 2014, once it loads. Now we had two golfers making their debuts, finishing second. Uh, and this is at the Masters. They both played the week before. So I don't know in the one that, okay, another last year two who had course history. I'm pretty sure Stadler and Walker had played the Masters before. They are older golfers. Um, I just don't know when they would have. My data for the Masters go back, goes back to 2011 or 2010. Let me see what I have. 2010. Um, so, yeah. Um, where were we? 2014? Okay. But as you can see, a lot of these golfers, and I know this is difficult to, you know, I don't have course history right here for these guys. I'd have to look it up, and maybe you can. But I, I guarantee you, Jimmy Walker has course history uh, at the Masters. And I mean, like Mark Leishman probably did not, uh, neither did Thorborn Bullison. And I would imagine those two golfers were cheap golfers as well. So when we look at this week, you know, and we're looking at our last year twos, I am inclined to not play Colin Morikawa. So what I'm gonna do is give X's throughout this video. I have not yet done this uh, in previous videos, but we're gonna X out some of these golfers that we don't care to play because of their price tag or any other thing to go with it. Um, so yeah, Colin Morikawa is out for me. What does that actually mean for me? If I'm gonna play him, it's gonna be in one lineup. I, he's not gonna be in a core. 
He's not going to be highly owned for me. I will be severely underweight when it comes to Colin Morikawa. And a lot of it has to do with his price tag and his bucket. So that would be your last year buckets. That's just kind of a, an example for this week. I think the last year two bucket is going to be important. There are a lot of good golfers, um, like a lot of considerable golfers I want to play in this bucket. So let's go ahead and open it back up to everybody. Let's go back to the notes page because I want to cover the last week bucket now. So we just only talked about last year and included a little bit of the last week, but we can now pivot, well, not so much pivot, but go to the last week bucket. Our number one bucket are golfers who did not play the week before. And it's a resounding amount of golfers who did not play inside the top 10 of every year. 63% of this player pool, golfers, you know, inside the top 10 of each year, did not play the week before. 63%. 63%. Now, I'm not saying only play golfers who did not play last week, but I am saying there is an argument to be made to anchor your lineups with golfers who did not play last week. And thankfully, when we go to uh, the salary leaderboard, you can see all the golfers. Let me just clear all of them out. Our last week bucket ones, a bunch of golfers, you know, high priced, a lot of favorites. If we go come back and look at the odds, you know, a lot of the favorited golfers for this week are up here. So it's not like we're really going to get an edge when it comes to that. But I think if you were to select any of these golfers as your core, um, it might be easier to then play everyone. Well, find the other last week buckets, you know, the other notable ones like to me, Dustin, Brooks, and even Tyrrell Hatton, although I don't like his last year bucket five, they're all in play for me. Um, we'll get back to last week fours, but really, you know, last, the lower the number, the better. I forgot to mention that earlier, but the lower the number, the better. Um, so yeah, I think we can find, obviously, you know, let's look at the min max. I forgot to mention that. Our minimum is five. Five golfers inside the top 10 did not play the week before. So really, I mean, I don't think, I mean, I, I'm, I'm assuming you can't make lineups with, with some of these golfers. You know, obviously we're looking at 2019 now. Tiger, Dustin, Brooks, Xander, Jason Day, Molinari, they all did not play the week before. You can't. You can't roster all of them. Webb Simpson didn't play the week before. You could have rostered him. John Rahm. I mean, a lot of these guys you obviously can. So let's let's look at this. Let's let's make a lineup that we think we can roster. Patrick Cantley at 77. Absolutely. And Webb Simpson. Those are no-brainers, right? Golfers who did not play the week before. You know, we're sitting at 15,100 for salary. We can only use 50,000. So we probably do need the winner, right? So Tiger Woods didn't play the week before. Um, and we probably could play, I mean, I would go with Xander. He's a cheaper 85. So now we have four golfers who did not play the week before. And we're sitting at 34,100. So we have 50 or 15,900 to work with. So just under 8K on average. Um, 
You know, I like when we look at some of these low price guys, I guess Ian Poulter could be another last week one, but he didn't finish inside the top 10. Sometimes that doesn't matter. You know, the optimal lineup grabbed a guy that was in 12th place. Um, I, I kind of want to go with Tony Finau just because he's fifth. But either way, we're looking at top 10. And top 10, you can't roster another last year one. It's just, it's not going to be feasible. I take my words back. Obviously, <laughs> the optimal lineup, I can, I should be looking at that. The optimal lineup included Brooks Kepka, who did not play. So there were five last week ones uh, that you could have rostered. And they were on the optimal lineup. There were a total of nine inside the top 10. So I'm guessing when you have like 2015, 2014, I don't know what the price tags were. Uh, back then, I'm not even sure. I think in 2015, yeah, I did have some price tags for 2015. Rory at 14,900, couldn't do that. Matsuyama, sure. Um, well, either way, we can't do Rory McIlroy. So that automatically removes the fifth possible golfer that we could. And now we're focused on four. Uh, and you could. I mean, those four golfers equal 33,000. You could easily get to some of these guys. I want to say you can. You might not be able to. So we go with Justin Rose. We can't get to the winner. Yeah, can't get to the winner. Um, that's 50000 on the button right there. Paul Casey obviously did not have. He wasn't a last week uh, one. But you had Zach Johnson, Poulter, Dustin Johnson, Matsuyama. So you had four or five. So really, it looks like you could get about four last week ones, uh, which to me just says we probably want to pepper some of the higher priced last week one golfers. And obviously, we can pair that with the last year bucket. That's obviously what we do. But just to finish out the last week bucket, did not play 63% of top 10 finishes over the last seven years. 63% of them didn't play the week before. Followed by 18.75% finishing inside the top 20. Now that's super remarkable. Those two together, uh, those two salaries together. Interesting. Oh, never mind. 82.5%. 82.5%. So really you could almost just say, I'm just going to target last week ones and last week twos. And of course, if we come back to here. Let's look at the notable last week threes, fours, and fives, obviously going by price tag. Adam Scott, Tony Finau. Um, I'm not going to fade either of these golfers, but I'll probably limit my ownership of them, primarily because of this bucket. Uh, I believe Tony, what did he shoot last week? So last week... I don't know why this isn't going away. There we go. Last week he was 24th. Now 24th ends up being a range where he ends up being a last week four. Um, which is kind of interesting, right? Because 24th isn't a terrible finish, but it's also not necessarily good heading into the Masters especially when you could almost argue that the field wasn't that strong last week. So 24th, I mean, it, we all know what the tournament was. It was a pretty difficult golf course, but either way, 
that's something that's interesting. Um, and I guess when we look at every single year, other than did not plays, just keep in mind, you know, the color coding here. Green is usually 20 or better. Yellow is 20 to 40. Orange is 40 to 60. Light red is 60 to 80. Um, and then dark red are golfers who miss the cut. So if you didn't already see one of our notable guys here, Jordan Spieth, Sergio's out. I just forgot to update it. Um, but let's go ahead and, and look at, you know, see if we can find any golfers who missed the cut the week before inside the top 10. You know, Justin Hardy, Harding did the week before. He finished 12th and was a part of the optimal lineup. In 2018, we see nobody. In 2017, we see Matt Kuchar, $7,400, and Adam Scott at $8,800. So that's interesting. I would definitely consider Spieth among those two types of golfers and look at the course history. That's not terrible. 2016, we had Lee Westwood. Course history really good as well. Um, I mean, Louie's down here, but obviously we know Louie ends up becoming a pretty darn good golfer, um, you know, at the Masters and at majors in general. Go to 2015, we have a 12th place finish who missed the cut the week before. We have actually two golfers who missed the cut, including, including Jordan Spieth himself. So let's actually look at the recent form average of these golfers inside the top 10 just to see if we can find anything nothing there 2017 yeah well jordan down here but yeah nothing really good there so i'm i'm not sensing anything that we can really go off of and use but we also don't have to be afraid of using jordan speed what was his recent form average so he's at 54.67, which is actually a little worse than what we saw, you know, scrolling through this. Everybody who's had a missed cut, I mean, Matt Kuchar, very similar to Matt Kuchar in 2017. Um, nobody in 2018, 2019, it's not going to be the same as, as him. He, wasn't even, he wouldn't even be considered the same as himself. This is also pre, you know, Masters Meltdown. And I don't have anything there. So missed cuts aren't really looking great. And of course, we could look at every golfer who missed the cut the week before to see what kind of, you know, golfer they were. But this video would go on forever. Um, yeah. I guess, you know, however you feel like it. I would go with whatever your gut tells you. I personally don't like Jordan Spieth um, heading into this tournament. And I wanted to see what the bucket was going to be. Had he maybe finished top 20, probably would have liked him a little more. Actually having a missed cut is better than, say, finishing 20 to 40th. Because that would give him a higher bucket score in the last week bucket. But... We can go ahead and use these numbers as baselines, but what I like to absolutely do from there is go over all the different combinations. So on the screen, you can see I've actually recorded by their last year bucket, last week bucket scores, and put the combinations together so you can get a sense, and obviously me get a sense, of what the combinations look like. So you can see our winners 
a lot of them were last week ones. And it was kind of a wide range of them. Four ones end up actually being the highest, uh, uh, well, the most, it's, it's the combination that's finished first the most. So in 2019, a 4-1 finished first. 2017, 2016, a 4-1 finished first. Who were those 4-1s? Let's go ahead and look. 2019 was Tiger Woods at 10,500. Uh, what was it? I already forgot the numbers. 2017 was Sergio Garcia at 8,300. 2016 was Danny Willett at 8,000. Um, and did we have one more? No, I don't think so. So those are your three four ones. Now, to me, Tiger is pretty compelling because he was over $10,000. The rest of them, though, were around 8000 So we could right away go right to here. Let's look at all of the buckets or all the last week buckets, but only look at the last year fours. There's a small group of golfers here. And we actually want to clear all of them for this. So here's where the bucket system shines. Basically, what I'm trying to tell you is find a golfer in here. And I actually would say to anchor your lineup with. I like four ones. I think four ones are a great uh, bucket to use. We can validate four ones using how many we should use by looking at um, our top 10 buckets down here. A four, a last year four has happened at least once inside the top 10 every given year. But we don't want to find, you know, high expensive guys that just finished inside the top 10. We want to find how many times they finished top five. And that's where the top five buckets come into play. Um, we see all but one year. 2015 was the one year we did not see a last year four inside the top five. But we have been. Um, pretty regularly and you can tell all of the four ones that did finish or just fours in general that finished inside the um, top five and you had one last year four in ninth place in 2015 a four two a bunch of fours here and a four one up there so like the four one itself finishes inside the top five pretty frequently that should give you a little bit more confidence to choose between bryce and rory what was it? We had one year where it happened twice and it wasn't even a 4-1. It was a 4-1 and a 4-3. So let's go ahead and open up all of this. You know, maybe you, maybe we can pair Bryson or Rory with Jordan Spieth. Or if you want to go that AK route, you know, here are your two, your two golfers, Tommy Fleetwood and Jordan Spieth. They both end up hitting a, a draw, which is absolutely perfect for this golf course. Um, so really your convictions lie with that. In my opinion, do you go up here with your, your last year fours? Do you not care about the last, you know, the last year four last week, sorry, last year four last week one or four ones, as I like to call it, I like to shorten it that way. Um, do you care about that? If you do go with these guys, that means you eliminate the rest of these guys. I am telling you right now, do not play more than two at max um let's take that back you can play three but um let's let's actually go back to the combinations so we have four 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 one four one four two four two 
Um, yeah, I think you need to, if you are playing a last year four, you need to make sure one of them is at least a last week one. And if you do play several more, I don't know. I would limit my, my opinion. I would limit which ones those are. I would stick to the last, the, the four ones. If you wanted to do a four, two in there, sure. That works a four, three. Why not? But then limit those combinations. I would not create a core off of that. I think that's probably the best way to put it. You know, start with a 4-1. Put a 4-1 in your core. Um, and, you know, put them in X amount of lineups. And then in some of your other lineups, then, you know, either pivot to a 4-2 or start with a 4-2 and pivot to a 4-1. You know, that kind of thing. But I think you don't want to play more than two in this in this group. So that's a good way to also look at the bucket system to, you know, to hone in. It really looks good for Rory or Bryson. And I think if you wanted to choose between one of the top guys, I think that's a wonderful way to choose, you know, a, either Bryson or Rory. I think it's, it's wonderful. Um, but you can see the rest of the combinations here. I also, you know, kind of do a count of all of them here. Basically what this reads is you see the seven on the right and then the numbers on the left. The seven represents how many years I've collected the data for these bucket combinations. So a last year one, last week one has happened six out of seven years. And then the numbers to the left are the count of how many times, you know, like this is out of how many years, this is how many times it's shown up. So 18 for last year one, last week ones. The next nearest one would be your last year three, last week one. Then it's a tie between last year four, last week one, and last year two. So basically a one, one, three, one, two, one, four, one. Um, I'm sure I lost some of you guys there, but we really want to create lineups, you know, especially with last year one, last week ones, and then fill in the rest of them with any other bucket that has a last week one in it, any other bucket combination um, to further prove all that. I actually did all the counts down here. So your one ones, no surprise are at the top 18.6% of top five golfers again from 2019 back to 2013 were fell in this one, one bucket. Um, you can obviously see the counts for top five and top 10. Top 10, just it, it goes even higher, 22.50%. Uh, and everything kind of stays around 13.7595, that kind of thing. Um, but you can obviously tell the last week ones kind of reign supreme with all the different last year buckets. Um, really not playing the week before is very beneficial. But then the one bucket that actually pops out would be last year one last week two and i want to cover that because you do see it eight times that's ten percent that's really good obviously um and then that is the second bucket in the top five we have two very notable last year one last week twos and really this bucket's super small Usually you want these buckets, these pools to be a little bit bigger. Um, but when we have some powerhouses up here, 
I think you can play these guys with full uh, confidence. And again, a last year one golfers who were top 20 the year before and a last week two are golfers who finished top 20 the week before. Um, so you can see what their, their finishing positions here. Dustin Johnson, Johnson, second place last week. Uh, Brooks Kepka fifth, Jason Day, seventh, and Francesco Molinari, believe it or not, 15th. Uh, do we see redemption for Molinari this year? It's possible. 6,700 is not terrible. Now, the thing I like to combine with that is let's look at all the one-twos. So again, we're looking for, basically, we can just spot it out right away. Find the golfers who finished top 20 the week before. We have Ricky Fowler, $9,700. That was in 2019. 2018, we have Jordan Spieth, 10-4. Um, 2017, we have Justin Rose at 9-2. 2016, we have Jordan Spieth at 12-3. We also have Dustin Johnson at 10-2. So, I don't know. You guys seen a theme here? Jordan Spieth again, 11-9. These are all golfers who are favorites heading into this tournament. Uh, I'm not sure about Matt Kuchar and Lee Westwood back in 2014, but I'm assuming they weren't, you know, cheap. I would say Lee Westwood probably wouldn't have been cheap if there was pricing out for that. But coming back to our pool this week, I think you really have to make a decision between Brooks Kepka and Dustin Johnson. And that's why Brooks is the thumbnail of this video. So in my opinion, I'm going to go with golfers. I'm going to, I'm going to anchor with one of these two guys. They're going to be in my core and it's probably going to be Brooks, but I have no issue with Dustin Johnson either. Both of them really good. Both of them in form. Um, both had, you know, their finished position last year being, uh, top 20 and really top five. So those two things combined, I think make a compelling argument to anchor your teams with either Dustin or with Brooks. So what, okay. So we, we started, we, we kind of made a decision you know, Brooks or DJ, that's who, who we start with. Uh, and then I think the next decision is finding a 4-1 we want to play. I think starting Rory Brooks is by far the most beneficial lineup. Now, there is definite, definite um, arguments to be made to not choose either of those two. Maybe instead of Rory, pivot to Bryson or JT or John Rahm. You know, like I can see that being that being the case. We still have to make a lineup that, you know, fits within the salary budget. So that needs to be considered. And obviously these high priced guys, you know, it's I don't know. I I like to refer back to each year to see how many, you know, I mean, we already talked about all of the one ones. They're primarily expensive. Um, but if we can find a cheap one, that would be pretty fantastic. You know, Paul Casey, 7,800, pretty good. Uh, Matsuyama, that's not really cheap. Yeah, none of, none of these guys are cheap. Um, Ian Poulter, hey, 7,400, that's not terrible. He was a one one. Rory, 
1-1, but he's way too expensive. So, unfortunately, we're going to have to choose one of these 1-1s up here. I mean, I'm I'm guaranteeing one of these 1-1s. I'm guaranteeing from Bubba Watson up, one of them finishes top three. So, that would be Justin Rose, or Justin Thomas, John Rahm, Xander Shoffley, Patrick Cantley, Webb Simpson, Tiger, or Bubba. So you have, what is that? One, two, three, four, five, six golfers. I get it. That is half of the field up here. But one of these guys is going to finish top three. Um, that could be, I could be one position off, could be top four, but I am going to put the guarantee that one of them finishes top three. Your convictions on, on where to go from there. If you think a four one's going to win, let's say if you think Bryson's going to win, I don't think you play JT with Bryson. Honestly, I the the price is too much and you can't build lineups. If you watch the price breakdown, the salary breakdown video, never have we seen two top guys uh score more than the GPP winning lineup or the optimal lineup. I'm not saying you can't fit all 6 of 6 through your cut if you go and dig in the 6k range. But we're trying to win a GPP. We're trying to win a tournament. And in order to do that, we should follow kind of some of the, if you want to call them trends, we'll call them trends. Or historical data, like those things we have to consider. Now, obviously, you want to include stats, but we'll do that in a strategy video tomorrow. Um, but yeah, my convictions lie within, you know, we kind of already went through the four ones. Do you... However, your convictions lie, you know, obviously you could go with Louis Oosthuizen or Matthew Fitzpatrick. And if we were looking at the pricing breakdown, Fitzpatrick ends up being one of the guys um, right with Justin Rose that we want to play. I'm trying to find the specific set of data I was looking at the other day. So in the price breakdown, just... <clears throat> Justin Rose was a favorite play, and now I can't remember why. So if you didn't know, last year threes are missed cuts. If we go through, I should actually talk about that. If we look at last year threes with missed cuts, they all kind of, you know, our last year three last week ones that um, were in that 7K range. I guess we have Henrik Stenson, who did play the week before. Um, but Patrick Reed was 7-7. Seven, seven. Yeah, Charles Schwartzel, 7-9. Ryan Moore, 7,000. Um, this just kind of goes with the price breakdown. We want someone in the 7-4, 7-3K range. Um, I guess Matsuyama's just a little bit above. But hey, that's good to see because we, we're trying to find... I mean, I know my friend Nick, um, shoot Nick, what is your Twitter handle? I forget. Um, Mr. Guru Nick, I think. We were talking about salaries, and if you use the 7477 approach, if you add 400 to 7K, you get to 8100. Obviously, you need to take 400 from 7400. Boom, you get to Zach Johnson. Like, that's kind of how my brain thinks when, it, when looking at these trends. And if we can find that, you know, compelling argument with last year threes. 
Again, these are golfers who missed the cut last year. Um, I mean, Paul Casey, you know, okay. So I think you go, I think we start with like Justin Rose. Um, mm. What was Henrik Stenson that one week? He would, he finished. Okay. So he was, this would be Shane Lowry. So I think we go something like this. We go Rose at 77, Lowry at 73. We build that in with our 1-1 one, one and our 4-1s. Um, and if you're going to pivot, you go Justin Rose to Paul Casey, Shane Lowry then probably to Matt Wallace, maybe. So, I mean, that would definitely be a possibility. I would not go any lower than that, though. And I wonder why Danny Willett, um, he withdrew last week, and I have no idea why. If it's not important, then I think we might want to play. I, I, I like Danny Willett. I, he's a shot shaper. I didn't even realize. I thought he hit a fade, but watching his uh, film, he hits a draw, and he can hit the fade whenever. So Danny Willett, I didn't know, worked the, the ball both directions. And really, this should say both. Might as well put both. Um, I didn't know that about him. And that's when his game is on, obviously. So last year three is very compelling. We don't have Sergio in the field, remember. Um, but starting with uh, Justin Rose and Shane Lowry, I think if you start there, and if you don't want to start there, uh, Matthew Fitzpatrick right underneath Rose is another good place to start. Uh, Fitzpatrick actually... Hits a lot of the check marks too. He is a 4-1. So maybe that's the 4-1 we, we use. Maybe Matthew Fitzpatrick wins. Or maybe we go to Louis Oosthuizen. But when I look at this, for me, it's kind of easy to fade the likes of Scheffler, M, even Mickelson. Uh, I do like Abraham Answer. Joaquin Neiman is out as well. Why don't we just remove these guys right now? I'm going to want to take the filter off first. Joaquin Neiman, not in the field. Neither is Sergio. Okay. Um, so, yeah, I think starting there, I mean, Shane Lowry is a good choice. You know, if you wanted to pivot to Cam Smith, that's not terrible. We've seen a 5-1 win this tournament before. Um, we don't see 5-1s all that often, but obviously 2014, you know, 5-1 can easily get second place. A lot of last year fives have happened. Not something to really, I don't think you create a core with, but not a bad pivot too. So I think that's where I want to wrap it up. Um, we talked about the percentages. We talked a lot about our good plays. I guess the one thing I could say is, um, for me, what's kind of easy is, first of all, you already know, I hope a lot of you guys already know, you you basically fade all these older guys down here at the bottom. These guys, not all of them are old. Andy Ogletree is not old. Uh, James DeGruy is not old. Abel um, Gajegos, I think. I think that's how you pronounce his last name. Um, he is 18 years old, so he's obviously not old. There's a lot of guys down here that's that are not old. And I heard Treble Im Immelman... Um, withdrew as well i'm not positive on that but i think he did a lot of these older guys you just don't play i mean i would not trust jimmy walker 
Um, but either way, when I separate this now, I'm going to get rid of the fours. Really, I'm going to get rid of all of last year one, two, three, four. Again, those buckets can, you know, they make up. Ninety-two and a half percent of the top ten, just those four buckets alone. So, despite golfers being old or whatever, I would give these golfers an eight percent chance to finish inside the top ten. This whole group, not not just Tyrrell Hatton, the whole group, an eight percent chance to finish inside the top ten. Week in, week out, we really, we rarely ever see last year fives do well. Yeah, I think you can have one of these guys, but don't pair both of them. You know, don't pair a couple of them together. Just have one. Because um, I think that's that's the way to do it. So I think we can put X marks next to all of these guys. Again, X marks don't mean absolutely not playing them, but it's to remind us we don't want to play them. Um and kind of likewise with, you know, last year or last week, four fives, we really don't see, you know, if we went back down here looking at last week fours, inside the, you know, inside the top 10, we only see it happen 6.25% over the last seven years. Sure, it's happened once in, what is that? We have it, one, two, three, four, four, oh, seven, so 57% of the time, 50% of, the years between 2019, 2015, or 2013, uh, we do see um, a last week four. But, you know, if we're looking, a 1-4 shows up inside the top. Well, finish a second, so that's good. Where else do we see fours? A 2-4. Four, 4-4. Four, 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 and a 1-4. Like... One, two, three, four, five. Am I missing any anywhere? Do we only see five? We only see five. And when we look at it, really 2015 was the only year where, say, a Tony Finau would pay off his price tag. You know, we don't want a Tony Finau somewhere down here. Who was the one for in 2015? Justin Rose. Okay. Um... So I think you've got to also choose between Adam Scott and Tony Finau. I don't think you play them both. I really don't. And then also, if you like Justin Harding, I don't play them. I would not play him with Adam Scott or Tony Finau. In fact, I wouldn't really put a lot of these guys together. So again, it's another way the bucket system is able to weed out players and kind of put, um, I mean, I guess if I'm going to put an X mark to a lot of these names, I probably just don't play them, you know, together. Or I make a rule saying I can't play more than two of these X marks together. So, I mean, that's, I guess that's a good way to do it. Go ahead and just bring everybody back in. So to my top guys, Colin Morikawa and Tyrrell Hatton get the X. Adam Scott, Tony Finau get the X. And again, that's all based off of the bucket combinations. And just the percentages. Um, I would say I'm probably just only going to play these guys in one lineup each. That's probably what's going to end up happening. Um, 
I might look at other stats and figure out I want to do something a little different. But for now, that's all I'm doing. So with that, I'm going to conclude the video because I really don't think there's anything else to say. We are approaching an hour. So we're going to leave it at that. Thank you guys for watching. Please leave a like, comment, subscribe, all that good stuff. And I'll see you in the next one. All right, bye.